0: We got some work to do. This is the Advanced Scout with Tom Offerman and Matt Williamson.
1: The Steelers are coming off of a big victory against the Tennessee Titans, keeping their season alive. And the reward, Matt, you get to go to Thunderdome now. (laughs) Potentially the toughest place to play in the NFL against maybe the best team in the NFL who has won seven straight games heading into this game. Steelers and Chiefs this Sunday from Arrowhead.
0: Yeah, I mean, a heck of a challenge. Really, in all reality, and in all honesty, I mean, the Steelers absolutely had to get that Titans game. They did. It wasn't pretty. Really, the whole league this week was not pretty, folks. But um, now you go into Kansas City, and we're recording this. There's some doubt about the Stars of the doubt. Chiefs,
1: too. So who knows? Major doubt, which we will get to over the course of this podcast. But, yeah, you know... You really were kind of in the back of your head thinking this was going to be a loss. Oh, yeah. I Jock hate to say up. that on this show course, because but... we're pro Steelers. We love the Steelers. But, you know, you have to be realistic about these things. Mm-hmm. So you look at the four games you had left, Tennessee, Baltimore, Cleveland, winnable. Yeah, This one, not so much. So like, to just right. echo what you said, it was such a big thing to at least get off to the right track and get that first one under your belt against Tennessee. And now with the news that's breaking of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey on the COVID list— you might have a winnable game at your hands now in Kansas City.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, podcasts are always weird because people don't know when you record them. But recording this one, Tuesday here, um, the Hill News just broke a little bit ago. Uh, That's two days in a row they've added people to lists and not taken them off. Could there be more? You know, I mean, that's unfortunately, that's how the league's gone. But
1: tends to be the case with COVID, too. Yeah, right. Stuff spreads.
0: Yeah, And, and I guess we do know... I guess we don't know, but Chris Jones won't be added. He was on last week, but I would say besides Mahomes, Jones, Kelsey Hill are the most important Chiefs without question, you know, so that's the wrong names for Kansas City.
1: Quick series history for you before we dive in here. Uh, The series began in 1970 with Kansas City winning the first two games, but then the Steelers won the next seven straight meetings. In the first 18 times that these two teams have played, Pittsburgh only lost five times, and overall, Pittsburgh holds the series lead 23-12. to They have split their two playoff matchups, one in 1994, and most recently, of course, the Steelers win in 2017. Uh, Kansas City won the most recent matchup between these two teams in 2018. Hard for me to believe they haven't played in three years. I
0: know. I, I was sitting there when I wrote those up, and then if you notice, the document I do you also pick most memorable games. Yeah. It's like, they're really, I'm not sure what that's going to be yet. I sort right. of filled that in. And it's, it's really good franchises over the years, historic AFC franchises, but they haven't tangled quite as much as you'd think.
1: No, 23 and 12 for historic powers in that yeah, conference. Yeah. Not that many meetings. Only a few playoff games. Between the two of them, know? 35 times they've met up. Uh, in fact, though, uh, Steelers, of course, we said one in 2018. They've also lost just two of the most recent eight games between the Chiefs. So, We do this series history a lot on this podcast, and it tends to tip the scales and the balance of the Steelers most times. And that's certainly the case in this one here. No, you're right. You're right. As well. Let's get into the Chiefs' offense here. A little personnel stuff for you right off the bat. Right at league average, at 21%, with their usage of 12 personnel, one running back, and two tight ends. Slightly above average, with 11 personnel, one running back, three wide receivers. They use that 66% of their snaps. If you see them in 11 personnel, They're going to throw the football. They throw out of it 73% of the time as opposed to 52% of the time when they have the two tight ends on the field. When they run the ball, Kansas City averages just 3.9 yards from their 12 personnel as opposed to 4.9 from 11. That's strange to me. You put more beef on the field with 12 Mm -hmm. personnel, yet you're worse at running the football.
0: Because people knew it was coming to some degree. And the other aspect of it, too, is for that personnel discussion – and this is one of the beauties of Travis Kelsey. You really should count him as a wide receiver. You know, Agreed. It, it, we're, we're counting him as a tight end in those numbers. But a lot of times when you see defenses line up against the chiefs, they just say, okay, he's an all right blocker. He's a really good blocker for a wide receiver. Let's <laughs> right. count him as a wide out. So in a way, when they're in three wide 11 personnel, it's not much different than a back and four receivers and especially the way they use them.
1: No question. Um, Potenti- like them. I potentially think that this is still one of the best offenses in football. I know I they've been inconsistent this year and they had a slow start, but yeah. you have more fear facing this offense than I think any other offense. Maybe Green Bay is the only other one that comes to mind, but I still think they're as potent as they come, but yeah. let's not bury the lead here. They potentially won't be as potent as usual without Kelsey and Hill. They make up. of Kansas City's targets, exactly 50% of their targets go between those two. And on top of that, 50% of the Chiefs receiving touchdowns have gone to either Hill or Kelsey. Right. It's a lot of productivity potentially on the sidelines here.
0: We sort of had this conversation with Minnesota in that it was Thielen and Jefferson had a real high percentage. And Thielen happened to be out for that game. It's even starker in this one, though, because they don't run the ball like Minnesota does. They throw a time. Yeah, there's no Dalvin Cook. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right. You know? And... I feel like as awesome as the trio of Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey is, and it might go down as the best you know trio in the history of the league. I mean, Irvin, Aikman, uh, Emmett, you know, type of deal. Um, I really think that they realize they need a third guy. You know, like they drafted Hardman pretty high. Yeah. They flirted with Juju this offseason. They signed Sammy Watkins a year ago. Even drafted Edward Solaire in the first round. He's a receiving back. Exactly. Like, I think they realize that they're short of guy. They signed Josh Gordon off the
1: street. You know, they've been looking. A little per game breakdown for Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, just so you can get a sense of what might be missing. From the lineup. Uh, this is for their career, yes. too, which
0: is amazing. Over
1: a stretch of 92 games for Travis Kelsey, he averages 8.6 targets per game with six catches per game, 78 receiving yards per game, and just under half a receiving touchdown per game played. For Tyreek Hill, he's appeared in 72 career games. He averages 8.5 targets, 5.7 catches, 83 receiving yards per game every time he per steps game. on the field. That's insanity. Insane. And 0.69 receiving touchdowns. So. More often than not, you're probably going to see him score a touchdown in those games as well. That productivity, it just it just can't be replaced. Right. But it's kind of our job to tell the people how they try to replace it. So what what's your best bet there? I mean, well,
0: real quick on those numbers, I just want to mention yeah. that makes them even more impressive is when you do career stats like that per game, you need to realize there's probably a handful of games that they got hurt in the third quarter or they were even more so. They were winning by 20 and they're on the sidelines yucking it up together with right. a big lead, or they're not going to throw the ball. They're going to run it to put teams away. And Kelsey's the only tight end in the history of the league to now go six years in a row with 1,000 yards. I mean, it's a remarkable run. How do they make up for it? I don't know. I, I mean, I really. You got don't. me, man. <laughs> Maybe more Edward Solaire. I mean, I would imagine if this was a Chiefs podcast, we would be saying okay, you know, we might be losing our big guns, but Pat will make up for it to some degree, and maybe this is the week you run the football more. It's not what they do, but we know the Steelers run defense. If if you're going to do it any week, it's this week. Exactly. It's
1: conducive to do that this week against this rush defense. Um, You know, just the names you'll see that need to step up, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, and McCall Hardman at the wide receiver Mm -hmm. position. Hardman is the team's third leading receiver yet he's a healthy 500 yards plus behind Travis Kelsey, who's yeah. the second-team leading receiver uh, and obviously much more yardage behind Tyree mm-hmm. Kill. He's got, I think, 70 less targets and a lot yeah. less receptions than Travis Kelsey, the number two guy on the team. So it's dropping off of a cliff here. And I don't know if you can really expect a Cole Hardman to do much when there's not a Kelsey or a Hill pulling, right. pulling attention away from him. Usually when he's the out there, you know, he's having a hard time and he's getting one... On one coverage almost all All the time. All the time, right. Like, they drafted him
0: when they had a wealth of other players, and everyone kind of thought, you know, he's being... At that point, Tyreek had not been signed long-term. He's the fastest guy in the draft. We're going to draft Hardman. Tyreek's had some off-the-field stuff, as everyone knows. Uh, Maybe we're not going to invest in that guy. Hardman can maybe be our next Tyreek. Not even close. No. (laughs) Not even close. I mean, I think Tyreek's the... If not the best, certainly the scariest wide receiver in the league. Hardman's fast, but and isn't scary.
1: No, the the explosiveness of Tyreek Hill, I think, is what separates him from the guys like Adams and Jefferson. Not to say that they're not explosive, but it's just a whole different level when Tyreek Hill kicks it into that high gear. Um, We talked about this might be the week to run the ball. They've got two capable backs with Clyde edwards Elaire and uh, Damian Williams, uh, but Elayer kind of took control last week. He had 50 snaps to Williams' 21 in that backfield. He is the Chiefs' leading rusher. They used the first-round pick 32nd overall a couple mm-hmm. years ago on Edwards Allaire. So they obviously think that he's got you know some potential, um, but it's a pass-first offense, so how much potential do you really need out of that guy? Yeah. And just to kind of illustrate how much they like to pass more than run, they have 50 touchdowns this year through the air. Only thirteen of them have come on the ground. It's, so
0: it's who they are, and Andy Reid really doesn't change for anyone, even this week. I have to say, but maybe this is the week. I mean, we'll talk about their O line here in a second, and the O lines starting to round into shape. You know, like they rebuilt that thing on the
1: fly too. I I mean, I'm almost certain fast. the
0: Steelers and Chiefs O line is the most different from their last year version. I you think know they, you're right, and they do it do it in different ways. Gave up picks for Orlando Brown, signed Thuni to the most. Uh, heaviest guard contract ever. Talk
1: Kyle Long into coming to play for play. Yeah, him. I mean, like, they're big-name Drafted guys. Humphrey. Yeah. yeah,
0: absolutely, who I'm sure the Steelers looked at. He's been great at center. So the O-line's really rounding into form, and most importantly, they're not turning the ball over like they did early in the season. But I look at that Edwards-Hilaire pick when in the first round last year and think, and there's some hindsight here, what if they would have taken Jonathan Taylor? Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like oh, a power boy. back, let alone somebody like him.
1: I think they just picked the wrong one. The rest of the league would have been in a lot of trouble yes. if that was the case. Um you know, we're kind of tiptoeing around they should pass or run the ball more in this game based on their opponent and the people that they're going to be lacking, but it's really hard for us to just say that when you have number 15 as yeah. your quarterback. I, mean, he's, I still think he's the best quarterback in the NFL. I think he had a pretty slow start to the season. Will happen over the course of Guy's career. He wasn't going to be Superman forever. Right. But we're still sitting here in week, what is it now, 16? And He's got 30 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. And that's a bad year. That's high for the interceptions. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that's bad. 30, that's bad 30 and 13, year, yeah. that's bad. Over 4,500 yards, that's bad.
0: I think he's coming off his best game, at least statistically, for the year. I mean, just was, was lighting people up last week. and. Yeah, he's as good as ever. Um, He was bound to run into a little bit of bad luck. You know, I mean, he had some of those picks were...
1: That's why the turnovers are up, right? Because you can't just throw across your body blindly all the time and expect it to work out.
0: What he did for that long, which was unbelievably impressive, was a little unsustainable too. Um, They had some bad luck with tips and, you know, they didn't recover a high percentage of their own fumbles. And teams, everyone's talking about, every. Oh, they, they're, they're, you know, teams are playing them different. And that's partially true. They're making you really sustain long drives, taking away the deep ball, tons of too high safety. And Mahomes gets a little antsy and still tries to drive one in there instead of just taking the layups time and time again. But that's coming around. And people act like Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes have never
1: seen cover two before. Just to... Apply the same exercise we did with Hill and Kelsey to Mahomes. Mahomes has started sixty games in the NFL so far. His average is three hundred and three point four yards per That's game. A normal day at the office. through the air, yeah. three hundred yards and two point four passing touchdowns. His career touchdown to interception ratio is one hundred and forty-four to thirty-seven. Thirteen of those coming this very season. So he's Same. still all yeah. world status oh, yeah. and rounding into form now where I think he and the chiefs kind of have a vice grip on the AFC. If you ask me, I, I know standing so. wise, it's not that way, but just right. the feeling I have is they're the best team.
0: Who are you? If you were to bet on who's going to go to the of the AFC with the Patriots
1: losing right. that game to the Colts too. And just thinking about seeding, I yeah. feel like they're going to run away with the one seed now.
0: Probably. I mean, unless COVID or something goofy derails Which, them. But, hey, yeah, I mean, might it might happen this week in the face. But I think to your point too, even if by chance they don't have Kelsey Hill and whomever this week, and they happen to stub their toe against the Steelers, they'll probably be fine in the big picture. I think <laughs> you know what right I mean. Too. They're they're gonna be all right.
1: That offensive line we mentioned, they really rebuilt that on the fly. And you know, you said the Steelers and the Chiefs from year to year probably the biggest changeover on an offensive line in the NFL. They allow just 1.8 sacks per game, which is the sixth best in the entire NFL. And when you don't run the ball as much as the Chiefs run the ball, you really don't need to highlight their run blocking. It's really all about the pass blocking, and they've been the sixth best pass blocking unit in the NFL this year.
0: And a new number I saw just like 10 minutes ago is only the Eagles are creating more in the run game more yards per first touch than Kansas City. Wow. And I'm sure it's against a lot of light boxes and draws, and it's not traditional just run 50 times at you. But still, the O-line's rounding into shape, and they're starting to get their money's worth out of this group for sure.
1: I feel like that 1.8 sacks per game number two can be down a bit because Mahomes' pocket awareness is just its, it's off the charts. Yeah, and his yeah. escapability is incredible. Before we flip over to the defense, let's say Hill and Kelsey, they're in there. Yeah, Double-team Hill, double-team Kelsey, triple-team Hill. I mean,
0: do you make it so
1: you cut those heads off and make the Hardmans and the Pringles try to beat you?
0: I don't know that you can do that with both. Uh, I mean, traditionally, I think the best way to play the Chiefs is, number one, keep Mahomes in the pocket, where he's incredibly dangerous, but it's when things break down, it's worse. Extra dangerous, yeah. So keep him in the pocket with a very disciplined pass rush plan Try to disrupt throwing lanes. And with, with all respect to Kelsey, I think you double Hill first and for, foremost. And if Kelsey has 12 for 175, it's a problem. With but, it. but, you but it's better with than it. Tyreek hitting 80 yarders over the top of you.
1: Now, the Chiefs defense has kind of been a little Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde this mm-hmm. season. Uh, they give up a ton of yardage, Matt. They're 366 yards per game is ninth most in the league. 250 through the air is fifth most. 115 on the ground. That's the thirteenth most in the NFL. Yet they give up the eighth fewest points per game allowed. And mm-hmm. a lot of that is heavy lifting from this seven-game winning streak. Exactly. First seven games, 29 points per game allowed. Abysmal. One of the yeah, worst yeah. I think the worst defense in the league right now is the Texans one of those crappy teams they give right. up like 31 per game so yep. that was almost the worst they in the were NFL.
0: last for a while you know well into the season
1: last 7 games though of course they've won each of those last 7 games they've only given up 13.3 points per game yep. there was a streak there where they gave up nine points in three straight games <laughs> and that 13.3 number is actually inflated a little bit because of the 28 points that the chargers dropped on them Right. Just last week. So it has been an impressive turnaround from this Chiefs defense.
0: Without question. And I'll just address the elephant in the room. A lot of Steeler fans are saying, well, isn't that when they traded for Melvin Ingram? Kind of. (laughs) They got him six games ago. They've been on a seven-game win streak. It's a lot of different things, though. He hasn't made that much of an impact for him, folks. I mean, I'm not saying anything bad about him. He's a fine player. He doesn't play every snap for them. One of the big keys for Ingram addition is it. They were playing Chris Jones at defensive end in their 4-3 cuz they were so light there. Now adding Ingram, Jones goes to his more natural position. Him and Cam Hayward are in that conversation for best interior defensive lineman not name Aaron Donald. That's had a ripple effect. They've a huge theme with this team is they were awful in the first 7 games in turnovers, creating them, turning the ball over, every every aspect of it. The last 7 they've been tremendous. That's a big part. The defense has not been put in nearly as many compromised situations. Their play caller is very aggressive. It's a very opportunistic honey badger, guys like that out there that get the take the ball away, and they'll take risks because they know, okay, if we let up a touchdown there, Pat will get it back for us. you know. And that's how they've been this whole Andy Reid Mahomes era.
1: Might see a decent amount of Melvin Ingram on Sunday, though, 15 minutes ago, according to Field Yates' Nick Bolton was replaced was placed on the COVID-19 okay. list for the Chiefs. And Willie Gay, their other outside linebacker, was on the COVID list for the game against the Chargers. Those guys are more
0: second-level players. You know, they're not the the edge defender type guy, but that's a big deal. They're mean, ahead Bolton's of Ingram really on the Jeff
1: charts, so if they're out, Melvin's probably going to get some spin.
0: Oh, yeah, without doubt. And um, Gay and Bolton are second- and first-year players, respectively. Both look like they have very impressive you – know, uh, strong careers ahead of them, that would be a loss, too. They, they Those guys play a lot of snaps.
1: Uh, the Chiefs do force a lot of turnovers defensively, but they don't get much pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Uh, only 1.7 sacks per game. That's 28th in the NFL. Of the 24 total sacks that they have, Chris Jones has seven of them. No other Chief has more than three, and the Chiefs failed to sack Justin Herbert last week with Chris Jones on the sidelines. But, like we said, they turn the ball up over. They yeah. have 14 interceptions. That's eighth in the NFL. Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, leads the way there. Where if Chris Jones is the number one guy, that's probably the number two guy oh, yeah, on this yeah. defense. Uh, he's got three interceptions. Nine guys have at least one interception Do they? Okay. for the Kansas City Chiefs. So they spread the ball. It's been a group effort. I mean, it's no Jones doubt. is their
0: best player, as you said. The Honey Badger's number two. And there aren't a lot of weak links. You know, there's a lot of guys contributing.
1: And they get the ball on the ground, too. I mean, they recover the third most fumbles in the NFL with 11. That's 25 Mm. total takeaways, which is fifth most in the entire NFL. Um, I really don't know how you go about beating these guys because you can run on them, you can throw on them, you can gain yardage on them. You just can't really get that final salvo into the end zone. Mm. They really do a good job of bending and not breaking. Steelers are pretty good in the red zone this year as far yeah, as their yeah. red zone offenses, though, so maybe that's something boating in their favor. You don't want the Steelers to be able to go up and down the field on you because if they get to the red zone, they might be able to finish it off. Yeah. I don't have a ton
0: to add on this side of the ball. I mean, I don't think they have a great answer for Deontay. I think the Steelers might be able to have some success on the ground. Frankly, it's kind of hard to see... It's more of a Steeler problem than analyzing a Chiefs problem. It's what's the Steelers' bread and butter on offense? I really don't have any idea. I don't think they have any bread or butter. I don't think the butter. Steelers have an idea of what right. their bread and butter Right, I don't think there's is. any bread or butter. Uh, <laughs> you know, and the Chiefs are very opportunistic. They're very athletic. They don't have obvious weaknesses, kind of as you mentioned. So it's going to be a, a, a chore, especially in that environment with the crowd noise working against you, and it's not going to be easy
1: couple key matchups to keep an eye on in this game on Sunday at Arrowhead. Chiefs wide receiver Tyreek Hill versus Steelers cornerback Joe Hayden. Uh, if Hill plays, of course, mm-hmm. um, one of the most terrifying receivers in the NFL. But, man, did Joe Hayden really show his value to this defense yes. when he returned last week?
0: He absolutely did, and I'm not taking any away from Joe, but that Titans receiver also ran right past him early, too. <laughs> <laughs> and that guy doesn't run Thank like Tyreek. Thank God for the pressure. Yeah. Right. Um, One other Tyreek note I just want to mention there of the matchup stuff is they will put him in the slot a lot, and that doesn't mean they run Welker or Amendola stuff with him. They run go routes in the slot oh, with him too. You know, like he's a disaster to play against.
1: And finally, the Steelers' interior offensive line versus Chris Jones, one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. Jones missed last week, of course, with being on the COVID list against the Chargers. He was um, missed. Hopefully for the Chiefs' sake, he comes back. Hopefully for the Steelers' sake, he's stuck on the COVID list again because he is the best player on that defense, I think, in both of our minds. Yeah, and one of the biggest impact players in the NFL. Yeah,
0: little less consistent than a uh, Hayward. You'll see him not loafing, but you know, take a play off here and there. But, but it's not like
1: he's Albert Hansworth. <laughs> no, not at
0: all. But when he goes, when he goes off and. He is a problem. Really long, athletic, disruptive, plays everything well, and we know the Steelers' interior line isn't so great.
1: Steelers and Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. Steelers fighting for a playoff spot. Chiefs trying to stay in control of the AFC at the one-seed kickoff is at 4.25 p.m. For Matt Williamson, I'm Tom Offerman. As always, appreciate you guys giving us a listen, and we'll talk to you next time on The Advanced Scout.